and welcome to Pedagodzilla, the pedagogic podcast with the pop culture core. We are coming at you live from uh, the Playful Learning Conference. We are on location at the Playful Learning Conference, tucked away in a cosy little corner, slightly less cosy and slightly more breezy now that we've opened the windows. Thank God. I was a sweaty boy beforehand. Mark nearly lost a thumb opening a window somehow. just clumsy yeah yeah i mean i I then opened the same window very cautiously because i'd seen that mark had sort of snagged himself and then thought how the hell did you hurt yourself doing (laughs) under there oh okay the other ones don't do that i mean this doesn't translate very well to to (laughs) audio but we're 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 patting the mechanism and sort of like uh, sage nodding sage (laughs) nodding anyway hello i'm mike i'm um I'm your host, or one of your hosts. Uh, I'm learning design at the Open University, imposter syndrome incarnate, man with microphone, and um, a strepsil enthusiast, if you were to look at what's directly in front of me. And I am joined by, as ever, my capable co-host. Hi, I'm Mark Chards. I'm a learning designer from uh, University of Durham. And, um, yeah, and other stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm not sure if coming at you live is fair enough, for, is, is accurate enough. I'm thinking I'm probably half alive at this particular point. <laughs> Three quarters, Mark, easily. Three quarters, all right then. Okay, pushing up to uh, 78 or 79% live. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and we are joined by... Claire Timmons from the University of Strathclyde. I'm a senior teaching fellow, so I do a lot of teaching and an awful lot of admin. <laughs> oh, this is like... <laughs> This is a sad education thing that I think we'll return to a couple of times. Uh-huh. So what brings you to Playful Learning? Um, so I teach linguistics to speech and language therapists, and I also teach them anatomy. And um, I get bored very easily with um, teaching, um, not with the students. I love the students and I want to interact with them more. So over time, I've developed sort of oh, daft little things to do with sounds. So you can play um, word searches or create memory games. Um, so I've always been interested in trying to bring some sort of gaming into it. And, you know, first year students just sit there and go, oh my God, I love word searches. I think, that's not that exciting. <laughs> um, but I came to really steal ideas from other people. But also I brought my... Um, new-ish approach to teaching anatomy where I'd been fairly bored with the usual pointing to diagrams and we don't get to use dissection because we're not in a medical school and speech and language therapists only know or need to know a certain amount of anatomy so I started um, stealing crafting projects from the internet which are freely available um, so it's not that I was doing it in any kind of illegal way um, but getting them to work in groups and make the models so they were able to see the mechanism but also to understand the structures involved. Um, So that's kind of why I'm here, is to tell people about that, show people it, but then also learn from everybody else and all their amazing ideas that they have. I mean, and I went to your session as well, and it was was great fun. I... uh... I learned something, which is always good. Good. I learned this bit is called a mandible. Again, podcast, you can't see ah, it. I'm clutching my jaw. Okay. This bit is called a mandible. A bit the lower bit of your jaw wobbling around. And then we had a little chat about the uh, the bones, the connections, the tendons. Yeah. I now have a This a, is a attaching paper. the things to your head thing, was it, yeah. you were talking about? Yeah. You, yeah, so yeah. there was different ones. The three models we did uh, in the session was we created a larynx. So one table did that, which is your kind of, people call it your voice box, mm. I guess. Um, and that's got two main structures to it which need to move so you can create this paper model that actually can swivel to represent 
what they actually what actually happens in that structure. The other one which you made was um, the skull, and it's such a simple model, but this uh, mandible that you were talking about, your lower jaw can move up and down, so it gives you some idea of how the mechanism works. But also, you can talk to the students about the different structures and keep saying the term so saying to you oh your mandible's not right um, on your model and that's often what I would do with students um, so I do the same thing with tongues where we create a tongue but we do it out of plasticine and tongues are really complicated because there's loads and loads of muscles involved in it and they have lots of odd names but you do go by going nope the paltoglossus shouldn't be there or the hyoglossus is actually down the side and I think the more you repeat those terms because you know, you try not to explain which one that is. And they're just like, okay, go and stick another bit of plasticine somewhere else. But it, it just allows a conversation using the terminology, but really simple models. So the brain hat, which somebody used for another activity oh, last brilliant. night, they'd created this kind of odd sort of 2D person and stuck the brain hat on the top. But that's just two bits of paper coming together to create I can, yeah, my brain hat that would go over your head. And again, it's a simple activity, but you can talk about the different sections and how they should match up. Um, so it's, yeah, I think it's fun. I mean, you thought it was fun. I thought so it was that's very a fun. Good one. <laughs> I mean, so I guess, so is this, is this your practice? Um, you know, what, what is your day to day? What is your practice? How, um, how do you approach it? So, I mean, my day-to-day -day thing is often trying to think of new ways to engage students with the learning um, and just searching around and trying to adapt. Mostly it's trying to adapt things that are already there, but from being here, um, there's so many ideas that I've come up with, thinking about getting students to design um, processes and practices that can help them learn. And the session I was in previously was talking about um, using board games for teaching French. And um, they're just normal board games that you can buy fairly easily. But then they got the students to create their own ones. Um, and I love that idea and thinking about what could we do with the students that would then take into account this, the sound stuff. So the anatomy stuff, I think I've got that covered. Um, but for speech sound production, because um, it's a... The main thing I teach is phonetics and there's a bit of a threshold concept where you move from the letters in the word to sounds in the word and people really struggle with that when you say to them like how many sounds are in the word box for example if I was to ask you. Four. Yes well done you can pass my first mark. Yes. <laughs> But that, even looking at the We should have, Mark and I should have done like a blind thing where we both oh, like cut up a number yeah. of fingers and then yeah. like, you know. Uh, yeah, I would have said box. So I was going to two. I, I, would, I would go, box. Yeah. That's my, oh, oh. Yeah, I'm thinking of like four different like at distance oh, sounds. Yeah, right. so you've got your best sound, your all sound, but then you have a k and, and then a s sound. Oh, yes. Now I'm thinking of it as far as like looking at the audio track. And you would actually see that waveform. Well, yeah, the wave and what you can do, the, the kind of audio track we use for speech is the spectrogram, which comes from the waveform. Oh, I yes. love the spectrogram. spectrogram. That's, yeah. that's my favourite way of finding audio sins, is the oh, spectrogram. Is yeah, because you can spot audio sins. It's easier to see a breath in a spectrogram yes. um, than it yeah. is a, a waveform. It's got a very distinct mm. kind of flavour. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it I'll, pulls I'll show you how to use spectrogram. Yeah. It's really interesting. <laughs> it pulls out your kind of your amplitude kind of sort of comes at you from mm. the image um, and then your frequency is your horizontal, uh, your vertical, and then it's time. So the time 
image is the same as the waveform, but the information you're looking at is different. So it can tell you what vowel's being produced um, by measuring it, but also you would see the B because it comes up as a kind of clear straight line. And then the vowel, it's very different. And so just the K and the S. So they're actually fairly distinct in terms of that kind of acoustic pattern, if you look at it that way. Oh, cool. There we go. I will I will do that next time I'm editing. We need to, we, we need to have you on again to have talk. Yeah, we, need to, we need to talk about audio at some point. Oh, really absolutely. It's speech. really interesting. If you there's a free software called Pratt, which you can download, which would give you as soon as you upload your sound file, you'll see the waveform, but you'll also see the spectrogram as well. I think you can do it on Audacity as well. I think you can actually enable the spectrogram on Audacity. Oh, can you? Yeah, I mean I use Reaper and it's got a really lovely spectrogram um, generator on it as uh-huh. well. We, should, we need to talk about spectrograms another time, I think, because this is... I feel like we're going off on site. Yeah, I know, look, I'm in a real audio nerd kind of yeah. thing. So rolling back slightly from... Sure, yeah. Your practice, I'll hit my microphone. Rolling back slightly from your practice, uh, thinking about games. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, could you just tell me about a game that you are passionate about? And this could mm-hmm. be a board game, a video game, a sport, yep. a game mm-hmm. in your life, a game you play with your own shoelaces. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess this is tied into my work a wee bit, but I do love Articulate. Um, and we use this with the students to learn about semantics and semantic relationships. So I do a bit of linguistics with the speech and language therapy students, and we do have to give them some idea of semantic theory and thinking about how words are connected. Um, but also they'll be working with clients who have word-finding difficulties. Um, so it's it's a really nice game to get them to think about like um, if you've lost a particular access to a word. So you're trying to search for that, and then how do you talk around it? to get to that particular one and also I think it can be hilarious if you play it with your friends so I mean just for those who haven't played Articulate before Mark you played Articulate yeah yeah, a lot okay how would you yeah. describe Articulate um, it's kind of a sorry. party game isn't it yeah uh-huh. so you have a team um, and you would turn over a card um, and depending on the colour you roll in the dice you have a word that you have to describe to your team member um, and I think you have a timer that you've got to do as many as possible within that particular time but you're not allowed to say that word and there's other rules I think you're not to rhyme and things as well which you can normally do with clients that have um word finding difficulties but it's uh, yeah I really enjoy playing it normally but I really like that I can bring it in and during the pandemic the company that created it put it online oh that's good. so you could do like you could turn the cards on the website so we try to do that but Nobody had the cameras on and Zoom and didn't speak to each other, but that was quite a nice way to engage them. And then I have Minecraft, which um, I spoke about in the session, which I would love to be really, really good at. It just seems to be able to do so many different things, but it takes up a lot of time. Um, But yeah, I think I like that creative aspect of Minecraft. And my children like to go in and kill things um, and try and survive. But I just like you could spend ages digging holes, creating buildings, and it's really good fun. So which would you say of the two, of Articulate and Minecraft, would be the one that really, you know, it's the one that really speaks to you, the one that really gets you kind of metaphorically out of bed and into game? It would probably have to be Minecraft, yep. But it takes up more time and it's quite an individual pursuit. So there's different aspects, I think, to it, isn't it? With Articulate, you can really get that group dynamic and really enjoy it and interact with each other, where Minecraft is just your own headspace and your own ideas. And I'm sure you can play it collaborative, but 
you don't have that ability to chat with others within the game. I think you probably can. You could probably get some sort of mods for it, but um, it's a soul, yeah, it's a soul game, a soul pursuit. So it's more of a kind of, yeah, creation and development of your, you. Um, yeah, so is, you what, what are the characteristics in Minecraft that really draw you to it? You've said sort of the creation, but yeah. also by the sounds of things, the, uh, the opportunity to have a bit of time in your own space. <laughs> Just there is, isn't there? There's maybe that sort of sense of I'm, I'm not necessarily somebody that goes with the concept of mindfulness, but um, having a bit of time where you are just building a building and it mm. seems really boring, but it isn't. There's something really quite nice and relaxing about spending that time doing that, digging a hole, making a pond, coloring a sheet blue. Yeah, you wouldn't think that would be fun. <laughs> <laughs> I just could lose myself a uh, second life, like moving prims around and attaching them and uh, oh, reshaping them. And and I would look up and I'd have built a new avatar, whatever, um, oh. skin, but it would be four hours later and I've lost yeah. that time completely. I, I lost about 100 hours to Minecraft yeah. <laughs> at uni. Yeah. We had, we, had a, we had a realm. We had a, we built a little town, all of us. I built um, an underground, well, I called it cow hell uh-huh. um, because it was a basement filled to the brim with cows who were living a life of misery. But it was <laughs> it was mostly actually to, because uh, I wanted bookcases. So I made my dream underground garden, which was a library combined with kind of like a water feature garden. And like, oh, but this was, this was, and, nice. but while I was making that, my friend, um, this is totally aside now, this is just <laughs> self-indulgence, my friend made an automatic chicken dinner machine. This is one of the great things about oh, Minecraft. Minecraft. Yeah, because you know, you can do stuff with redstone and uh, yes. moving blocks yep, and things. Yep. He made a thing where he had a big farm of chickens. And if you press the button outside, it pushed a chicken into a thing, um, which then like, I think it either killed the chicken or set fire to okay. the chicken, basically cooked the chicken. <laughs> And then it pushed like a little kind of chicken dinner meal out at the other end for you on like a little mine cart. It was, That's it, amazing. It, was it was great. I, I love Minecraft. So thinking about, well, I think both actually about Minecraft and Articulate, the mm-hmm. kind of the characteristics you've described in both. So on the one hand, you know, being able to interact with people in a way that's sort of authentic and, and relevant mm-hmm. to your mm-hmm. discipline, but also having a mindful space where you can mm. create and build and just sort of have a that quiet reflection. Mm-hmm. Do you see elements of that in how you approach your practice, your teaching practice? Um, I think I'm probably, well, I think I'm probably more of the articulate side of things than the teaching practice because, I mean, it's like the worst teaching award I think you can get nominated for in my mind, which is the most enthusiastic. (laughs) And I mean, I'm really pleased that I do get nominated and win teaching awards. um, uh, But that's the one that comes up most. And I'm like, oh. I want you to tell me I'm really clever. (laughs) Or inspiring. Yeah. Because you could be enthusiastic and shit, couldn't you? (laughs) You'd be like, she's a bit full on. Yeah, that's that's what it means, isn't it, really? I mean, I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with that, but oh dear. It it raised a real smile from Mark, because Mark was obviously kind of like, Mark Child, enthusiastic. (laughs) Never been accused. There was one, um, so. The first time I won one of the awards, um, which was, it was brilliant. It was such a good after evening when we went in. But the first thing that was on my table was uh, nominated for most enthusiastic. And I just sort of like stomped around the room going, oh, God's sake. But ah. underneath was nominated for most innovative. Um, and I was so excited. I'm texting people going, I'm nominated for most innovative. 
shortlisting came up. I was shortlisted for that. I was on Twitter at that point, to the point that I missed the winning part. Where it was, I won the most innovative. And people are like looking at me and I'm like, sorry, I'm t- tweeting about the shortlisting. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> um, so, oh, that was such a move from most enthusiastic short most like nomination to actually winning innovative. I know, it was really good. I've actually won it three times in a row since then. Mm. But this year it went back to most enthusiastic. So, can we, what uh, a fall. Mark, we don't get to do the like a dual. Because it's, it's not. That, you haven't got that. I haven't got that as a sound effect. I've got. I've got. Oh, hang on. I've got this. Hang on. And the award for most innovative goes to Gladwin <laughs> And the runner up for most enthusiastic, Mark Childs. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit, that's really good. <laughs> Why is it so negative? Because they're obviously like they obviously like it to do that. And actually, the other one was not a bad thing, is it? Really, it's in it, the absence of anything else. It's slightly worrying. That's the that's the issue. I know. I think as well. It's like if you've got a self image of being kind of like a you know a bit of a punk, a bit of a like a bit of a rule breaker, yeah. and then yeah. they're like, you're the most enthusiastic, and you're like. I have been projecting the wrong image. <laughs> that, was, that was not what I was aiming for. I was aiming for kind of artful indifference on a chaise long, spouting wisdom from time to time. Yeah, don't try and engage my enthusiasm because I haven't got one. <laughs> oh, but on the contrary, you do though. <laughs> but that's it. And I think for me with any teaching session is I don't want to be bored. Like I want mm. to have a good time. And like it's an hour in their learning and they're not going to learn much really. You know, like when it comes down to that class, they'll come away with maybe a couple of things and then they'll go off and they'll consolidate that with all the other stuff that they do. So in that session, there has to be some kind of enjoyable element. And if it's just sitting listening and learning then they're not going to do that you want them walking out the door and i want to walk out the door going that was great i had a really good yeah because it's an hour of your life as well isn't yes. it yes uh-huh so the engagement the engagement of students and the enthusiasm i think are tied in together and i want to get to know them and you can do you want to get to the point where you can slag off some of the students in a way that they don't mind mm. you know that you do then start a relationship where they're like god yeah i like being with you so then they come into class open and ready to do whatever you suggest like we're going to do minecraft now and they're like oh i don't know what this is um, so yeah enthusiasm maybe works they like it yeah yeah and i mean the creating that safety and trust i think is, yeah. is key i i mean i remember um teaching a class and it was media when i used to teach media studies and someone was going and i said remember there's no stupid questions ask any mm. questions no stupid mm-hmm. questions somebody asks something I'm like, oh Maybe there are some stupid questions. <laughs> <laughs> but that's okay. Asking stupid questions is fine as well. And everybody, and I'm like, oh, my God, I've just accused this guy of being stupid. And then, But everyone's laughing. And I'm going, and then he's laughing. And I'm thinking, oh, okay, that's all right. That's and they tough. feel safe. They all mm-hmm. feel like they can ask stupid questions. Because actually that is a lie. There are stupid questions. Yep. <laughs> but it's not about not being appearing stupid. Mm-hmm. It's about being okay with appearing stupid mm-hmm. in front of your peers. Mm-hmm. And if you can create an environment like that... Mm-hmm. And um, um, yeah, and you know, and he feels still follows me on Twitter. <laughs> so we should be pushing that enthusiasm. Yeah, enthusiasm. Yeah. Yeah, enthusiasm is the and best thing you can. It's do o- it's 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 okay uh, if you've got it with something else. <laughs> if you just go in there and be enthusiastic, it's like holy shit, this is like <laughs> him this, again. Yeah, it's him again. The enthi- it's it's like yeah, he's this like a child entertainer wannabe. I, I'm, just, I'm just imagining a, a very excited Labrador with a tennis ball. <laughs> <laughs> and now your new physicist, uh, your new nuclear. No, physicist. I'm thinking of Jeremy Irons on. <laughs> 
play school. <laughs> it's like that's not what Jeremy Irons is about, and here he is being enthusiastic because he's actually on play school. <laughs> Are you comparing yourself to Jeremy Irons? No, no, no. I'm okay. I'm, I'm, I'm comparing that mismatch between okay, the persona that's... and what you're having to perform. <laughs> he like he likes a nega Jeremy Irons. If you two touch, do you just like both disappear? <laughs> Um, so actually, you were talking there about uh, stupid Jeremy Creases, I think, would be me. <laughs> so you, you were talking there about stupid questions, which was almost a perfect okay. segue because mm. I have a really stupid question Excellent. to end this with. Mm-hmm. If you were a part of the speech reproduction anatomy, just which would you Not be? reproduction, just production. Speech, speech production. <laughs> yes. Sorry, mm-hmm. this, this is speech reproduction. I'm yes. pointing at the microphones. Okay, yes. that's um, right. Speech production, yes. Yeah, sorry. If you were part of the speech production anatomy, uh-huh. which bit would you be? That's quite a Stupid odd question. question. <laughs> I was going to say it's a good question, but I'd be it's lying. Not, it's not a good question. <laughs> yep. um, which part would it be? So I guess out of all of them, actually people would argue, right, the lungs are so important because without air you can't create sound. Um, but I'm not that bothered about them. I'm not that interested. The larynx is really important because without, if that doesn't work, you can't get the air out for speech. But it's the tongue. I think for me, it's the tongue because it's so much more complicated than you think it would be, mm. which is not me. Um, but it's got nice... Or well, maybe it is. Oh, hidden death. Like you know, the tongue. What have I done? <laughs> <laughs> this is why it's a good question, because yeah. it unconsciously reveals something oh, no. about your personality. That's why he does it. So maybe it's that, because it's got like intrinsic parts which are so important, but you don't know that are and there. The most... But the extrinsic part are the most obvious bits, but... You know, they're, they're useful, but it's the internal. Not, not everybody recognises quite how important. Yeah, let's it is go with that. Oh, yeah. Is it the most powerful muscle in the body, or something? Yes, uh, in relation to its size, it's yes. the strongest muscle in the body. So there we go. How about you, Mark? I think I'd be the tonsils. Are they? Part they're not of the part of the speech. Oh, part, damn! If you, you could be the uvula, which is the bit that hangs down in the yeah, middle of the okay. back. Yeah, okay. Yeah, because and it. also that when if uh, because that often goes wrong, and then you end up just choking because you've actually got the. Sorry. Is that the epiglottis? I don't think you want to continue with it. No, okay. I don't. I didn't go to your <laughs> session, so don't. Yeah, the epiglottis is part okay. of the closing of the yeah, pharynx. Uh, yeah. So when you're swallowing, that will close over. It's a fairly poor design, to be honest, to have the That's... larynx and mm. the uh, esophagus in the same bit because yeah. you've got two entrances close to so each other. So there we go. I did end up getting to something. Yeah, you did. Because <laughs> I'm poorly designed. <laughs> As indicated again by our trip to the pharmacy earlier. Yeah, <laughs> and then the number of things I Like you are useful. useful. You just could be designed better. Right, yeah. Useful. And then if things just tend to go wrong and mm-hmm. gravity gets in the way, then mm. actually you just end up with everything becoming a big yes. mess and spraying tea all over the living room floor. Or yeah. Something. Yeah, okay, yeah. that's me. Yeah. yeah. I think I'd probably okay. just be sinuses, just full of gunge. See, that, that's that's not part production. of the speech production. Is it not? I thought, it, I thought it had something to do with um, the kind of the dynamic range, sort of the, the tone of your voice. Well, yeah, I guess, but it's not really the process of creating the Oh, it's the just speech. It's the timbre of your voice, it's the yeah, actual like, uh-huh. tone. So that would be the same as like the vocal folds can open and close in slightly different ways. Mm. So you can have your breathy voice where you're allowing more air through the vocal folds or your slightly creakier voice where you're allowing less. But that's kind of, it's the sort of like colouring part rather than the actual mechanism of production see as a bloody stupid question i've learned a lot so i'm going to ask even stupider questions oh, this is how you learn yes yeah, yeah. no such thing as stupid questions apart from not that one <laughs> claire thank you so very much for joining thank me you for uh, where me. can people find you online um i'm on twitter so that's at claire m timmons there and that's probably where i am most of the time um instagram is filled with pictures of buildings and trees so it's not that useful Okay, pardon. I'll, I'll wrap us up then. Right. Don't worry. I thought we need to have a little. 
you want to borrow some of my Gaviscon? <laughs> yeah, I'll swap you for like a Strepsil and a... I've got, I've got a smelly thing here as well, and some zinc, some delicious vitamin C and zinc. Oh, I bought some zinc the other day as well in oh, Leicester. Magic, isn't it? Oh, great, is... great place to visit for you. Oh. Um, yeah, there are so many pharmacies. I've not seen like a density of pharmacies. Anyway, thanks very much for listening. You can subscribe to us on all of your favourite apps, feeds, iTunes, and at our website, pedagodzilla.com. You can also follow us and get in touch via Twitter. I am at pedagodzilla. I'm at Mark Childs. And I'm Claire Timmons, Claire M. Timmons on Twitter. If you've enjoyed the episode, and we really hope you did, then why not phone your local pizza delivery place and ask them to arrange the pepperoni and olives uh, to resemble our pe- uh, podcast URL. In fact, the RSS feed specifically um, in a little thing. And then, you know, the, the kitchen and the delivery drivers will be like, hey, we've arranged this pepperoni and now we know a, a cool thing and maybe it'll get passed through. Maybe your neighbours who have been stealing your post will uh, actually try and steal this pizza as well. Uh, and when they intercept the delivery driver, steal your pizza, they'll open it up and they'll see the podcast URL. They'll be like, hey, this is this is all right. They'll learn something. You'll laugh, your friend. Suddenly you'll get on with your neighbours. They'll stop stealing your post. We love you lots and we'll see you next time on Pedagodzilla. Goodbye now. Goodbye. I'm trying to get the sound of my head banging on the microphone when he does that. <laughs> 